Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Hey Aaron, do you know what hurts the most? Being so close and having so much to say? Well no, I was actually thinking about Hit Girl shooting you with a three fifty seven Magnum while you two are practicing. Well, what if it was Scooter shooting you? Why would you bring Scooter up? Hello, Mr. Abe. Scooter? Yeah, we're we're here for a wedding. And I got a three fifty seven Magnum. Why do you have that? You know. Stuff. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello! Hello! Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 116, and, um, yeah, uh, Abe, I'm closer to you than, than I have been in a while, because I'm in sunny... Sunny Calistoga, California. It's just up in NorCal. That's how we're doing. America's small town. <laughs> yeah, America's small town. Exactly. I'm trying to give it a nice, uh, nice little positive there. I'm sure that it's a beautiful, lovely town. The street. It's nice. You know, I wanted to get some some NorCal flavor to the show. That's what I've been saying. So that that's why this week and last week I've been up. Like last week I was in San Francisco. So this week, you know, it's moving over to wine country. You're slowly moving north toward Larry there. There you go, yeah. Speaking of, yeah, it's episode 116. We're talking Kick-Ass 2 this week. And joining us to discuss Kick-Ass 2 and other things, we have, from Film.com, Ropasilicon.com, the Ropasilicon podcast, Brad Laramie on movies, occasional guest on Film Drunk and Slash Film, writer of the book Film Critic, known as Lar- at Laramie on Twitter, owner of the site <laughs> Laramie.com. It's, Wait, La- it's Laramie Lethal. It's too much. <laughs> That's too much of an intro. Slow clap. Slow yeah. clap into into thunderous, like, standing ovation. <laughs> For both of you. For Let both of you. Why did I do post? This is a beautiful mind all over again. <laughs> how, how you doing, Larry? Very well. How are you doing? Doing well here. I'll, uh, I'll have you know that I finished reading the book on film criticism, Film Critic, and I, I quite enjoyed it. I was quite happy. It's weird that the third act ends in a huge explosion, though, right? <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was thinking 9-11 imagery. Here it is. That was a oh, different choice, oh. but I made it. <laughs> you went for it. And yeah, so, yeah. As long as the sequel's darker and grittier than the first Film Critic. It will be. It'll be much, much darker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I enjoyed the read, and I'll say, out now there today, we got it. We got a shout-out. At one point. Yep. Yep. There you go. Enjoy the dozens and dozens of listeners you will gain from that. The Larrabee Bub. That's what we're calling it. That's right. (laughs) It's it's like the Colbert Bub. 
but maybe on a smaller scale. It's similar. Yeah, similar. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's get to a few announcements here. Uh, first things first. Last week I mentioned this, but this week I actually did it. Uh, Out Now Nights, our special Potomatic bonus oh. show. Uh, we did episode four, the Way Way Back debates, where we had our friends, uh, Mark Hoban and Marcus Robinson hash out their differences on the Way Way Back. And Larry, have you seen the Way Way Back yet? I really need to. It's one of my secret shames right now. Oh my god, you'd just be all over that movie. Sam Rockwell's killing it. I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, we had, um, we had our friends of the show debate the movie because one really liked it, one really didn't, and uh, that's a that's a fun little bonus. So you can get that on outnow.potomatic.com. And um, let's see what else we have. Our we still have our contest going. We uh, have still our open. yep. Um, since the since the Conjuring's proven to be such a big success, we decided to lay out a contest for favorite ghost story with a little explanation as to why, and you'll get a free copy of The Fog on Blu-ray, brand new copy of The Fog, and. Uh, you just have to, oh, that, that's actually helpful because I thought that it was one of those that you had a that you had a review, so it's pre-opened. But you no, know, it's a it's a brand no, new brand, brand new copy of the fog. And all you have to do is email us out now podcast at gmail.com or go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash now podcast, and you know favorite ghost story and uh, why. Man, brand's banking new. I miss I miss Doug. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Last thing, iTunes reviews and ratings helps out the show if you. Send those in. You'll log on. It, it's just easy. To, it just helps us out. Just easy to do. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah. And we appreciate anyone who does do it. All right. So let's uh, let's uh, get to a little know everybody. Each week out out there, and today we try to ask each other a few questions to better set the tone for the podcast and help us get to know everybody. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start this one off this week. Abe. Yeah. What is included with your hit act? Your hit girl action figure. Uh. Hmm. I'd want her to have like a minigun, but that's just okay. it's too much to carry on her motorcycle. <laughs> well, she'd have to have a motorcycle for sure, I guess, and the helmet. And I guess her 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 staff. It's not really a bow staff. It's more of like a staff with like with, with, with blades. On the end. Yeah, it'd be really funny if she was paired up with blade for the next one. That'd, that'd be Wesley Snipes' <laughs> return to the silver screen. I guess I'd watch that movie. Right? I'd watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> he's come back as Blade. After tax evasion, he's just like I'm back. He should be in the Expendables three. Um, I think he is. In his defense, though, evasion is the most like Blade thing to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how three ended. I'm pretty sure he beat Dracula. And he's like, I and then taxes. <laughs> Death and taxes. Uh, it was Whist- it was in Whistler's will. He laid all of his his expenses on the Blade. It was like, ah, oh, well. <laughs> Like I evade death and taxes, Blade 4. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> if we could write that out, I think that they'd greenlight it. I'm pretty sure Spec that they would. Script. It's not like David Goyer cares that much, right? He's going back and forth <laughs> between like, good movies and like, oh, whatever. <laughs> nah, my, I think I could bang this out an hour. All right. Uh, Laramie. This is Laramie. Yes. You are a supervillain. True. What is the bubbliest way to die? The bubbliest oh, way a supervillain? Oh, yeah. man. It's like um, death or something like that. I mean, I guess bubble wrap, right? Bu- <laughs> <laughs> they just strangle you with bubble wrap. You're just like, oh, you got wrapped still- bubble wrap, and they kept popping it. Like while you're suffocating. Yeah, I think that would be. Or in a bubble bath. Maybe I'm being too literal with this. Mm. <laughs> no, he, 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 I like it. He used that descriptor, so you, you got to speak that descriptor. Uh, that, yeah, that's totally, totally okay. I have one for our good friend Aaron. Yep. Chloe Moretz, star of Kick-Ass 2, is also set to star in a remake 
of the Stephen King novel, Carrie. Are you excited about this or am no? I, am I excited about this? I would say, I would say no, mainly because I saw that it was being, I saw it was coming out like in like October and I honestly forgot this movie even existed despite the fact that we've like talked about the trailer and talked about <laughs> it like moving on and like, so it's like, I have, I have no, I, I have no real interest in, the one thing, the one, is there the one caveat I'll give it right now is that it's, it's from the director of Girl Fight, I believe, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah. And, and that's the one thing that kind of intrigues me, cause I believe that's a, fe- is that, a, that's a female director, isn't it? It is a female. And so I'm like, alright, that's interesting, that's a, I, I didn't even I know they directed. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they're referred to as it. I, I didn't, I didn't know that, uh, I, I don't know if it's like a, hey, I just need this gig for money, or it's like, hey, I actually have something to say about, about Stephen King's carry all these years later, but. That, it's Kimberly Pierce, known yeah. for Boys Don't Cry and Stop Loss. Oh, Boys Don't Cry. I knew it was one of those. It was like Girl Fight or Boy, it was something like yeah, that. Not, not Girl Fight. We already messed up the one woman director in Hollywood. <laughs> We're sorry, Catherine Bigelow. We're sorry, Kimberly <laughs> Pierce. Um, but I, you, so you didn't like the trailer then, basically? Um, I haven't watched the new trailer. I know I, the new trailer's I, pretty good. Okay, the new ones, yeah, the new ones a little bit better. I've only watched that one that just like zooms into like her her town and looks yeah. like ET. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, we're flying over wherever they are. So, so, so I guess no, but like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly intrigued. <laughs> this October, I'll have to see it anyway, regardless. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not looking. I'm not like, hey, I can't wait, can't wait to get more carry. Mm. Yeah. Understandable. All right. My next question is kind of open because uh, Mike Jones submitted this link to me and um, a uh, listener of the show, Mike Jones, and I, I, I figured it'd be a good podcast topic. But it's about uh, it's about uh, canon in movies. And I just I got two pair. Nick questions. Cannon? Yes, it's, it's about Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the Nick Cannon segment of the show. Okay. Um I, I, I clicked on this link. There's like a, there's a, it's kind of long, so I took like two paragraphs from it to kind of boil it down. But here we go. According to Wikipedia's definition of of canon of canonosity, canon it's the fans themselves that determine what is and what isn't canon. Whereas Urban Dictionary's definition infers that canon is an acronym of official, meaning that all official works are considered canon regardless of fan bases uh, fan bases opinion. So here's the question portion. At the end of the day, does it really matter what installments within a franchise, movie, or otherwise are and are not considered canon? Is the term, is the term, determination of what is and isn't canon the choice of those that own the distribution production rights or the choice of fans, or is it merely an unwritten law in which all installments made within the same medium with continuity between each other are considered canon? So. I have no idea what you just said. Thoughts on, on the, the place of that's, canon. That's a thinker. That's a real thinker, that one. One you something would, like, uh, yeah, go for it. Later. I guess I would say that the fans would be second to me on this canon conversation. I would think the artist would be first. But I think overall it could be disregarded if you have a better story to tell. Like if you need to go opposite canon or diverge from canon to tell a better story, then that needs to be key. Because a lot of times canon's in a medium that's not film. It might be in comics or books or something like that, whereas it doesn't translate as easily to film. So. It's kind of thing like the X-Men franchise seems like a good hmm. example, because like that, that X-Men First Class movie, that one kind of goes... It, it doesn't really apply to the other X-Men movies, it seems. It has... 
characters doing certain uh, certain characters like being represented differently than they have been in other movies and timelines and things seem to kind of screw around and I think like <laughs> it's almost it's it's almost like they wanted to really avoid that horrible X Men Wolver- Origins Wolverine movie because there's certain things in there that just don't make sense when you match it up to the other X Men movies. <laughs> So that one comes to mind. Something like uh, the the article uses aliens as an example because you have those alien versus predator movies. So they're like, how do we consider those into the works of canon? Interesting. And like Star Wars is like the ultimate example because I think Star Wars almost invented the concept of canon, given the expanded universe things and all that. And uh, yeah, no, I would say, it, I, I guess in the eyes of the creator would be like the overall. But then there, yeah, there are so many creators involved when you come down to. Nick Cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the ultimate rule on it. Yeah, especially if it's written by his wife. You know, that's like even weirder. Yeah, Nick Cannon. I don't, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> why, don't ask, why don't you ask another question? Maybe? All right. So, uh, speaking of Nick Cannon, he's a perfect segue into my question. Um, no, it's, it's, there's no Nick Cannon question here besides, do you watch that new show with the girl from Glee who coaches them and they play games? I don't know. Uh, no. Uh, the question is, Aaron. Yeah. Well, I guess, I'll leave this for both of you guys too. Go for it. Is Christopher Mintz Plast, would you consider him above everybody else in the Superbad series? Or is he kind of uh, on par with, uh, uh, Jonah Hill? In terms of, uh, I guess, the rise of stardom and being above Michael Sarah for sure. Oh, is he so as the the actor? He's like the actor. Yes, as the actor. Yeah. <laughs> Not like is McLovin ahead of the other kids. No, 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 no. I think he's below both Sarah and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill has an Oscar nomination, and Sarah was in Juno. What the hell's Mint Place been in? Ooh, I, I I agree with these statements completely. Ooh. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> I guess like, I guess like Michael Sarah like, is I, not like, coked out. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, fair yeah. point. <laughs> and he doesn't get impaled. Spoilers. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think Poise, when he, you know, when he's around for the moment, yeah, good for him. But yeah, when it comes to <laughs> who has more clout in Hollywood, <laughs> I would give it to the people that have been in Academy Award nominated films and oh, yes, for have sure. their, their, assort, their various assortments of acclaim and, you know, cult, cult TV series. And Oscar, yeah, and Jonah Hill's Oscar nomination. I think I've also, I've interviewed Sarah and Jonah Hill, and I've never interviewed Mince Place, so there's a huge bias going on here, too. I'm not proud of it, but it's happening. Hey, man, at least you're acknowledging it. That's the first step. (laughs) That's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, if he invited us out to, like, play in the the LARPing that happened in Role Models, I'd be down for it. (laughs) Whatever happened to that Bobby kid? He's a funny guy. (laughs) He grew okay. up, so he's probably not as cute anymore. He's, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone realized that he doesn't have Webster syndrome, so he's, he's like, he's not as funny as like a Way to keep it PC. He doesn't have a Webster syndrome. <laughs> that's, that's I think that's what I'm it's so, called, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, Webster. Good I'm talking about Webster Webster's Marion, Marion Dictionary. That's what I'm talking about, audience listeners. <laughs> so sick of having Webster syndrome. <laughs> Now I have to look up everything in the in the dictionary. <laughs> Damn you! You got a, you got one more question, Larry? I do. And this one, it's for Abe. Oh, surprise! Well, you didn't see that coming, did you? No, I didn't. With twist in the third act. Plot twist. 
Before Nick Cage was known as a joke, he was known as a good actor. What is your personal favorite Nick Cage performance? Oh, that's a good one. There, and there is a correct answer. Uh-oh. I no, hope that it's Raising Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I think that is the right answer. That's really, <laughs> I didn't think I would get that, but yeah, I think that's my favorite, too. I think I got the best one. <laughs> It's Sorry, where he's uh, where he's uh, he's young enough to still do the crazy things without you thinking that he's crazy, and then you realize yeah. he's doing it all of his films, and just like, oh, yeah. I yeah, guess it's just yeah. yeah. I watch another team up between Nick Cage and the Coen Brothers. I'd like to see this the Cage now back in a Coen Brothers movie. See what that'd be the like. Cage. I cage. bet you'd be it'd be fantastic. By the way, I was watching Gone in 60 Seconds on TV last night. It was on Bravo. That just made sense to me, I guess. Really? And um, I need to I need to declare something about Gone in 60 Seconds. That movie's horrible. There's no there's like that's not a good movie. I know a lot of people say like yeah, it's fun. It's a horrible movie. And there's so many there's so many good actors in that movie. It's ridiculous that cast in that movie. But and there's horrible. there's not that much use of a Ferrari. That that's I'm really bummed out about that. This is the movie that presents a logic that, uh, like, a, an evil villain who's, like, so evil, yet he's obsessed with, like, building his own furniture, that he wouldn't accept, like, a guy stealing 49 cars out of 50 for him and would just instead kill the person that was able to accomplish his task. That's the movie's plot. No, but isn't Angelina Jolie really good in it? She, 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 <laughs> she certainly did her hair. She got her hair did for the movie, that's for sure. I heard she crushed it in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's not gun-wielding enough, though. No, no flicking of the wrist, wanted style. Ooh, I like I wanted. Did, I, I guess you didn't learn that yet. Wanted's a fun movie, especially with the peanut butter rats. They want to judge wanted over there. <laughs> what's what's your correct answer for Nicolas Cage? Great performances, scariest. Yeah, I was gonna say Raising Arizona too. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. oh, we, you, yeah. you matched oh, up. Man. Okay, we just yeah, we combined we combined powers. I got it. it was weird. I didn't <laughs> think that would happen. Captain <laughs> Planet, what? All right. Well, I think. Well, since we've exactly done, we've got the exact right answer. That's how you played everybody. That's how we do it. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. Let's get to a little that now, quickies. Yeah. Each week we talk about one movie in particular, but for the main review, but we like to get to a lot of other movies because we see a lot of things during the week. So that's why we have a segment called that now, quickies. Yeah. All right, Abe. Any out now, quickies this week? Yes, I wasn't there on the podcast last week, but I caught up with Elysium and I listened to the main segment of. Uh, the review last week, and yeah, I'm kind of with uh, Maxwell and uh, uh, I forget the other dude. Mark, no, 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 bad. Alex. No, not my. Yeah, Alex Billington. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's you know it's kind of ridiculous sometimes, but I I certainly like the production design. So there's my TM. There, there you go. Um, I'll go next because I got a I got a view here. Uh, let's see. I saw I saw Europa Report, which was last week. Have you with Charlotte Copley as well. With Charlotte Copley and Michael Nivquist from the Swedish Dragon Tattoo films, uh, what have you. Larry, have you seen Europa Europa Report? Not yet. It's um. This was mentioned last week on our show. We talked about it. it's um. It's a sci-fi movie about a team of astronauts that go that are trying to go to Jupiter's moon Europa, and. What I like about this movie is that none of the characters make, like, idiotic decisions. Oh, good. Which is something that you see often in, like, movies involving people going to space and, like, disastrous things happening. There's always, like, oh, we need to do this, and they start yelling, and it's, like, really annoying because they make, like, terrible decisions, even though they're supposed to be, like, the smartest people in the world. Because since they're astronauts flying to another, you know, deep space. (laughs) 
and it's something like Sunshine, where they don't make they don't make bad decisions. They're terrible decisions in that movie, but that movie just kind of has some some issues. But uh, that's why, like your report, no one ever makes like a bad decision in this movie. And it's made on a budget, and it's very it's but it it's like a good looking movie. You have like all the zero G stuff, which always looks pretty good. And the movie overall, like it it progresses. It has a kind of it's kind of a, at a slow burn pace. But um, it it reaches its conclusion. I was very satisfied by how it kind of all played out. So that's a you said slow burn. <laughs> yeah, it has a slow burn. I was thinking more of like yeah, that could be a, a term used in space as well. Good, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, what else? Let's see. I watched the I watched the series premiere of the show Low Winter Sun because I was watching Breaking Bad and after Breaking Bad. Oh, God, with with Mark yeah. with Mark, Mark Strong. Strong. And um, is he a friend of the show yet? Not, not yet, but here we go. Oh. So, so Mark Strong, he plays a cop who doesn't play by the rules. That's right. Oh, and, no. And, and Lenny James, his partner, he also plays a cop who doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, that's right. And then Dave, <laughs> David, David, David How Cost- can you have two McBains in one movie? David, in one, in one TV show. David Costable, who you know is Gale on Breaking Bad, or the Baltimore Sun editor on The Wire. Oh. Yeah, I am. He, he plays by the rules. He does play by the rules. Yeah, he's, 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 he's eternal well, affairs. He was, he was a yeah, homicide he, cop back in the day, so. But now he's eternal affairs of the show. So he actually does. Oh, play. oh he's guys, been promoted. Guys, but, there's there's rules here, guys. Okay. But but <laughs> but but then you have Ziggy from The Wire also on the show. And Ziggy get, from The Wire. And yeah, and guess what? He doesn't play by the rules. Uh, <laughs> well, he never did, and that's why he didn't make it that far in the show. He messed up, man. Ziggy. But. He's still a cop in uh, that one Kentucky Blood movie with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So he's still rank- moving up the ranks, I guess. He got his life in order. All of that said, I wasn't really into Low Winter Sun. It just seemed like it was like, hey, The Shield and The Wire got together and they made a subpar show on AMC. That's the, <laughs> kind of the... <laughs> subpar show. <laughs> That's kind of that's kind of the impression that I got so far. But I'll I'll watch a second one. Just I'll watch a second episode. See where it goes from there. Mighty Boss Tones reference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, let's see. Um, I saw one other movie, but I know Larrabee saw it too. So I'll let Larrabee go. Larrabee, how about you go? What if you watch this Jobs? Week? Should we talk Jobs? I didn't see Jobs, but yeah, talk oh, a little Jobs. Jobs is a nightmare. That's what um, it sounds like, yeah. I actually had a conversation with my little brother last night who went to see Jobs, and he's like, uh, you didn't like Jobs? And I'm like, no. And he's like, why? I'm like, well, it's not good. And he goes, but this is a guy who changed our lives. Like, I'm talking to you on an iPhone right now. I'm like, yeah, I wish they would have told that story. <laughs> so, thing, so the problem with Jobs is it ends in 2001, the film. Okay. And it ends with him creating or giving a speech about the iPod. So that's actually how it starts. And then it goes back. So you guys remember, this is really, this is really obscure, but the, um, uh, the movie with, uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, the other guys. The other guys. Yeah. They, they capture, what's the, uh, the financier's name? Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan, right? They capture Steve Coogan and they go, explain everything. He goes, well, it might be better if I start at the beginning and then provide a little context and then skip to the end, but then go back to provide depth. <laughs> Remember, he does, he goes yes, like this yes, whole like yes. storytelling <laughs> technique thing. Like that always makes me laugh. But that's, so that's what I want to say about jobs. Um, so they start at the end, which is, and that's actually a really solid 10 minutes. Like, and Kutcher is really good at Steve Jobs. Like, that's the really sad part about this movie being so bad is that that's, that's surprising. he is, yeah. I know he's a great Steve Jobs. So the problem is then the movie goes back to like the seventies where Steve Jobs is doing LSD and walking around in, uh, you know, no sandals or, or no shoes at all and going to India and stuff, which is fine. That's fine. Doing his vision quest. But then like throughout the movie, 
they give you like five or 10% of his cool things that he did. And then 90% of what an awful human being he was <laughs> to the point where it's like, am I really well, this to, guy or go ahead. They wanted to be real, I guess. Well, that's fine. I mean, that's fine to be real, but then do I need to watch the movie? Like, like, I guess what I'm, I'm saying is like, I can, I can live in a world where he was a bad person and did cool things, but I'd rather watch the movie about the cool things if at all possible, or maybe inform why that made him a bad person or like, but they've got him like, saying his daughter isn't his daughter in, like, the first 30 minutes of the film and, like, sending the chick, like, packing. It's like, um... (laughs) And then they've got him, like, totally screwing over everyone who started the company with him. But the last scene is a montage of him thinking about how great it was to work with all those people. And so you're just like... (laughs) You're like, what, what is going on? Like, history. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what is happening? So there's a lot of that. I think it was just a really poorly conceived script. So he's like, oh, I better make make my make up in my head that I'm okay with everybody. And then the world did after Y2K. He's like, oh. I guess well, and why not? Why not talk about like how he refused to get like medical treatment or whatever, and basically like offed himself because he thought he was smarter than everyone. Like that's interesting, you know. Like those are interesting personality characteristics, as opposed to like saying that's not my baby. Like I could see that on Judge Judy. Like you know, I don't know. <laughs> no, wasn't very good. Man, are you saying the Oscar potential for Jobs is not as high as people would hope? So if they had would... casted Academy Award nominated Jonah Hill as yes, uh, Wozniak, that? that would have been much better. Got it. They'd have been fine, yeah. I like Josh Gad, though. Not in the movie, but just overall. Yeah, I like him, too. So that was that was Jabs. Jabs. <laughs> cool. Any other... Uh, I could have saw Jobs, but I was like, I, I don't really... Oh, you could have. I could have, but I chose Better to see... That. I, I chose to see Starship Troopers with riff tracks instead. More so. <laughs> <laughs> fun time. I saw... Did you guys see The Butler? I saw The Butler. That's what I wanted to talk yeah, about, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh. Well, well it's, it's okay. Lee Daniels, the butler. So you can't oh, pardon me. Yeah, Lee Daniels, the title. Yeah. Which it, I, I found. Mean, it's... Go ahead. I well, I found out the but it's called Lee Daniels, the butler because there's apparently a movie, another movie from 1916 called The Butler, <laughs> yeah. and Warner Brothers didn't want to give up the rights to the butler itself, so they had to put Lee Daniels, the butler. And what it really was is Warner Brothers just being dicks. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, because that 1916. Black and white short, you can't find it. You can't see it. So they're not too worried about you infringing upon it. <laughs> but, uh, the butler, I mean, I'll say this. I was, I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. If, cause if, I, if, I, if I was only ever going to base things on the trailer, it just seems so like we need Oscars. Just give us Oscars. That's what the trailer suggests to me. But watching, watching the movie, I, I think Forrest Whitaker is very good in the movie. I mean, he's Forrest Whitaker, so I mean, that's well, kind of Academy a Award winning actor. Yeah. And I think the actor that plays his son, uh, David Oyelowo, I I really enjoyed him in the movie, and I think it it does it does a lot of things that are moving overall, which I think is a good way to credit the movie because it tries to do way too much. I think it tries to have it's it's covering a lot of history and it's also tacking on family issues and father father son so there's a lot of things try it's trying to accomplish in within two hours and just can't do all that and so if it had a little more focus i think i would have liked the, i think the movie would have been a lot better overall yeah i mean i guess i would tend to agree i thought it had a lot of nice moments but i don't think it really was too uh cohesive yeah that's yeah pretty well that's, that's pretty much it yeah. it um it really it it really it really tackles race pretty heavily, which I it kind of a 
you know, what watching that i mean it's from lee daniels a black director and i'm watching it as a black person and i'm like it's like wow it's it's really it's really hitting you with the yep we're, we're just flinging the word out there and it, it, i was i was i was curious if it was pg-13 too which makes me which made me wonder it's like how, 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 how much can we get away with in terms of what we're saying here that isn't the f word but we're still pg-13 in this day and age where that matters apparently but uh, i don't know about you but as i watched that movie i thought to myself white people are the worst <laughs> the worst <laughs> That's like, a, I mean, I drive up to Hollywood thinking that myself. So. This, this is like, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, you mean th- you didn't get that message from the the Lone Ranger as well? Well, that's true. I mean, that was a different, <laughs> different thing. But, yeah, I can cer- I certainly see that point, and I'm watching it. But and it, it's like Jesus, yeah. It's like here we go again. We're doing this and. After this, I can watch this at 42 back to back and be like, hey, we got some average, average racial civil rights movies going on this year. But, I uh, thought 42 was a little better. I, I gave, I'd probably, I'd probably say I'd watch it again first before I watch The Butler. If I'd go that route. Mm. I, I think I gave it, the, yeah. I gave it the same score. So it, well, yeah. Is it because The Butler is, well, how long is the running time for The Butler? The Butler's like 132 minutes, I think, or something like that. It's, oh. Like, it's like a little over two hours. I think. It's long. Yeah. Yeah. It was long. It never, it never like felt like crazy long, but it was like it's a long movie. It's, hmm. it's, it's, it's one of those good presidential you, uh, actors. See that? Yeah, well, I'm curious. What do you think of the 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 actors as I, presidents? I actually thought John Cusack's Nixon was pretty great, and I thought Marsden as Kennedy was pretty great, and I don't remember any other ones. Marsden as Kennedy. Yeah, oh. J- yeah. James Marsden has no luck in Hollywood. He can't even chooses the wrong president to play. Because he gets, He's an inspirational president. Because he gets killed and dumped by his girl in the movie. I mean, well, not really dumped by Jack. Oh. You know, she was doing stuff. Um, uh, uh, Alan Rickman stuck at just because it's like this is Alan Rickman is Ronald Reagan. That's that's wild. That's that's something. That's... Did it work out? Because I remember seeing the photos and I was like, hmm. I mean, in terms of like the looks, it's like, well, okay, if I didn't know that was Alan Rickman, good job, guys. But uh, yeah, I would agree with Cusack just because Cusack's he's in it the most in terms of presidents we see actors we see playing presidents. Like you see Robin Williams in there, Eisenhower. He's in it for like a minute. He's just like, "Hey, what's up?" I saw. I'm talking. <laughs> good morning, Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good morning, Korea. I think is what he was saying. <laughs> right. And did you go back and research how much of this was true? Because it turns out not much. Is it? Uh, is it just like based on? I, I just. Uh, it's based. Story? It's it's based on the actual account. Well, it's based, it's based like, on the actual butler. Well, but, no, there's like a, there was a butler, and that butler told his story to another person who wrote a newspaper article about it, and that's where this movie came from. That was kind of the, so, so yeah, but it's like, not, it's not one really of the main characters, one go. of the main characters didn't exist. Yeah, it's not really directly Oprah? based on anything. <laughs> yeah, Oprah wasn't even alive back then. <laughs> that is just blatant, blatantly wrong. See, that was one of the things too, like, I feel like because Oprah played the wife, that that role suddenly became like way bigger than it would have been if it was just like a random person playing like the white or like a lesser person than Oprah. So I feel like the movie automatically like slants itself in one direction more because we have Oprah in this movie now as opposed to just, you know, no one. So. Well, I'm like, why is Oprah a drunk? Like, who gives a crap? She's yeah, it, just, it, it, it goes nowhere with this, right? Yeah. It's just, her husband like, I get... is all the time and her son is an activist. So she's just like, I guess I'll just stay at home drinking. Like Marge when they move over to, uh, Hank Scorpio's town. <laughs> like, I get she's Oprah, and you want to, like, get Oprah in your movie. Like, I'm for that. But at the same time, we don't need to add stuff in just for kicks. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. 
if it was like just like the father son story, or if it was even the if like the story of the son was really interesting too, because he's going on like his own journey throughout. Uh, you talking about the son who didn't actually exist? Yeah, that one. That's oh, one. that guy really? Yeah, <laughs> which makes well, sense because of... because he seemed to team himself up with so many different move, parts of the civil rights movement. So it's like, wow, wow you really that, you really did a lot during this time. <laughs> it was very Forrest Gumpy. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So now, now I'm just thinking of it as like a, a comedy, but it's not. It has a lot of good stuff to it. Yeah, I mean, it does. It should... does. And I think it does have moving moments. I mean, it, but yeah, yeah, it's just an okay movie. It's not like a yeah. It's not one that I'm looking forward to seeing like on the on the the nine best picture nominees list. <laughs> I was gonna ask about that. I was like, where do you guys think of the chances on the Academy Award? Uh, I like to think Forrest Whitaker has like Forrest Whitaker has Golden Globe for best drama written all over it right now. If he could kick that up to Oscar, good for him. But I mean, it's not like one that's like, hey, can't wait to get this more recognition. I don't, I don't yeah, know. a few months away and still got a slew of Oscar films. That's the thing. I mean, it's such a primacy debate with the Academy that. Coming out in August really hurts you. Mm. They but, uh, forget. They've got a very short memory. They're like a jackrabbit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like a jackrabbit. And a goldfish. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the butler in theaters now. Lee Daniels the butler. Sorry. Lee, yes. I have one more thing I have to bring up to okay. <laughs> close our, our giant out now quickie se- or out now long east TM. segment. TM. Uh, TM. <laughs> out now long east. <laughs> um, I've been watching Futurama a little bit more lately because I know it's its last season. It's gonna be, yeah, it's ending. Yeah, and Futurama is a show that I used to like really love, and then like it didn't get, when it came back to Comedy Central, I was like, well, it's, it's alright, but it's not great anymore. But, um, this thing has just been, like, in my back of my mind, this, this funny scene's been happening all week to me. So, like, this is this episode where, like, Bender loses his whole body. It's, like, stolen from him. And he tries to, he's getting, he's getting all the pieces back to his body. And so he has to find his legs. And so, you cut to the, the like, the, the orphan bot, like, Tiny, tiny Tim bot, or whatever. And uh, I think it's called Tinny Tim, actually. And he, like, he, he's gained, like, he's, he has, like, he's, he's a robot designed with crutch, with, like, a crutch. Like, that's the design of the robot. Yeah. So, so they replace the crutch with Bender's legs. And so he gets to, like, walk around. He's all happy about it. And you just, you know, Bender's going to come in and take the legs. But for some reason, I'm, like, really into this idea. He's like, oh, he got his legs. He doesn't have to use that crutch anymore. And of course, Bender comes in and just takes the, re- the legs right down from under this, like, little orphan robot, which, if it was if it was a person in live action, this would be a horrible thing. But because it's a little robot that's designed to have a crutch on its side, it's the most hilarious thing to me right now. That's what I keep thinking about. Just say it. <laughs> but, uh, while, while you're gonna go attend a wedding, you're gonna be laughing. That's what I'm gonna think about. The back Why of my is he laughing? I'm gonna think of a little tiny little tiny Tim <laughs> pot who's like running around with no, getting a leg, leg stolen out from under by a, a, uh, a drunken robot. But yeah. Futurama's got some sentimental That's, episodes. It does too, and I'm looking forward to those as the season act, as the series actually comes to a close. But uh, Inspector number five or something like that. When we get to our, our Futurama retrospective podcast episode, we'll talk about this. <laughs> the Chronicles, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that brings to the end. Now, no quickies. TM. Let's get to some trailer talk. Each week we talk about some newest movie trailers and uh, when they're coming out, what we think. And um, in opposition to Kick-Ass 2, I've chosen two of the most colorful and family-friendly movies possible. First one, we have Muppets Most Wanted. This is, of course, the the, the, the next about I don't know. We call it like a sequel. I guess it's a sequel to the last Muppets movie, The Muppets, or just the most recent Muppets movie that's coming out. So here we go. Muppets Most Wanted. It stars Ricky Gervais and Tina Fey and what, Ty Burrell, Ty and among the other many, many cameos I'm sure this movie will have. And... I have no idea what the plot is. I think it involves like a jewel heist of some kind. And uh, I'm sure Kermit and Piggy and Fozzie and Gonzo are all at it again. 
So there you go. Laramie, any uh, thoughts on this trailer, let alone the Muppets in general? Hated the trailer. Uh, they might as well just put like cash grab on that thing. Like, why is Jason Siegel <laughs> not back? You know, like why are the why did they switch out all the characters? I'm curious. Yeah, he's not a. If anything, he just had probably like, he got all he had to say about the Muppets out on screen the first time around. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I mean Tina Fey's obviously awesome and Ricky Gervais I like quite a bit, but it just it seems like this is going to be sort of a an aimless movie. And if it's not, if it does turn out good, then it's just a terrible trailer as they are wont to do lately, where it's like, here's the exact beats of the trailer that we have to hit to make everyone happy. Um, but yeah, I was just massively unimpressed with this trailer. Uh, it feels as though they are uh, putting in a lot of those movie reference cameos as well. And so the trailer itself, I thought was fine. It was it's kind of funny to see that there's like three main actors that they really pointed out especially when you see like the end credit scene their names are highlighted in different colors it's tina fey ricky gervais and ty burrell um and it's funny that you mentioned jason seagull because i didn't even remember that he was in the first one and i loved the first one or i guess I you know the, the, more, the most updated one uh and yeah i i don't know why he's not there i maybe this is a crash grab i I didn't think about these things until you pointed them out because I was so childish about seeing this trailer. Yeah. And I do like the Muppets. Like I, I like the Muppets. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm kind of indifferent. It's just more of like that is a good point that you're bringing up there. I, I should have thought more about it instead of being blinded by this musical number and this Ty Burrell in a funny clown car. I, uh, I do love me some Muppets as well. Um, I do think the trailer is a little bit underwhelming just because. It doesn't really, like, when I saw the trailer for The Muppets, it might have helped that, you know, I hadn't seen, you know, like, a Muppet movie in a long time. But it's like, yeah, that just got me going. I was like, can't wait. Let's see it. Let's get some Muppets going. This new trailer is just like, yeah, all right, they're, they're, they're still here, I guess. But, um, I mean. That's what it should, that's yeah. what it should be called. I'm still here, I'm Muppets. Still, Muppets. <laughs> now, that would I have paid a lot to see. With, like, just Animal walking around as Joaquin Phoenix. Like, yeah. Kind of, you know, Kate Blanchett is Gonzo. Like just, just. I'm hey, animal! What's going on over there? <laughs> Whoa, that's really Still good. here. Uh, I practiced like when you guys were growing up. I was practicing Kermit like by myself <laughs> in a mirror. <laughs> uh, I regret nothing. <laughs> um, I mean, everyone else is, besides Jason Siegel and Amy Adams. It seems like everyone else has come back. It's still directed by James Bolden. Um, Nick Nick Stoller. Um, who wrote it with uh, Jason Siegel last time around? He's back, oh. and uh, and uh, what's his name? Um, Brett McKenzie from Flight of Conchords. He's still he's still writing all the songs. So it's like I mean, be those guys all came back. I mean, I don't know if it's like the the How I Met Your Mother scheduling problems or something. Now wait, do you mean four time Oscar nominee Amy Adams? <laughs> yeah, she she was besides she was, her. Everyone came back. Okay. Yeah, besides besides her. <laughs> the, the, the life of the Muppets franchise. <laughs> she left almost the light of the world. Not even. I wouldn't. But um, Amy I, I mean, I'd like to think that it's just like uh, we need to sell this movie to to everyone kind of trailer, as opposed to like we should actually tell you what this movie is and why you should go and see it this time around. I, I don't know. I mean, it, no, it's not. A, it's not a great trailer. Um, but I mean, it does. I mean, as you said, it does have Tina Fey and Ricky Gervais, people I like, and Ty Burrell, people I like in yeah. lead roles. I mean. It's a, and like I, I like Ricky Gervais for one. I don't think he like sign on to like do something that's just like uh for a I, I don't know Ricky Gervais in a Muppets movie though. I think he'd. I thought the invention of lion was really lion. Lion was really neutered. You think that's because didn't he, of... didn't he write and direct that? 
He wrote that. Yeah. Oh, oh, he didn't direct it. Yeah. The invention of lion. I thought the invention of lion would be even better though. About a lion. Yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> the, man, the, the man that first came up with the lion. Yes, I like we're, that. We're coming up with so many better ideas. Like I hope yeah. Hollywood's listening. Come calling. That's why we. That's why we. That's why we record all this. So. It could be like a mockumentary where they like go through every line in the in the history of uh, the movies. Thing, <laughs> the thing we all need to do now is register these scripts with the guild because otherwise they're going to get stolen from us. And uh, the Adventure of Lion, we're going to see that the Adventure of Lion come out starring Amy Adams. We're going to be pissed. Yeah. I don't have a wag card. It is me. <laughs> That's what they're called, wag cards. That's the... <laughs> All right, well, Muppets was one. It comes out March 21st, 2014. <laughs> it's about our next trailer. It was yeah. the wag cards that got small. <laughs> the next trailer we have is for How to Train Your Dragon 2. Still dragoning. Um, this, um, this returns us to the world of uh, uh, the island of Burke. Mordor. Is it Burke? Oh. I think it's Burke. I'm pretty sure it's Burke. And... Um, to back to, to Hiccup and Toothless, who I'm sure are still teaming up and, and dragging it up and flying around and things. And the trailer doesn't really give you an indication as to what's actually going on. It just wants to show you how cool flying with dragons is. So that's all I really have to go on. But regardless, what do you think of the, just, I guess, the concept of a How to Train Your Dragon 2? Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I liked the trailer a lot. I thought this is actually more what I'd like trailers to be, which is just, you know, sort of some mystery still left to the whole thing. And I thought it looked cool. It it showed like a little bit of what's going to be going on in the second one, but it sort of had a sense of uh, childlike wonder about it, which I quite appreciated. I take you're a fan of the first Fire Trader Dragon as well. Yeah, yeah, I am. Hey. Uh, it looks really awesome. Like I, I just the first thing is first. Uh, I liked How to Train Your Dragon the first one. Um, I thought that they did some bold things in there that I wouldn't, I was not expecting. And I'm pretty sure that's how the book is, so I guess if I had read the books, I wouldn't have been so surprised. But it's a children's book. I'm, like, 27. I don't know if that really works out that much anymore. That's not a good excuse. (laughs) But, uh, no, I I love the water physics in it. It looks fantastic. And, yeah, they had me at hello. Although, I don't know if they had me at at hello as much as uh, Cloud of Chance Meatballs 2, but I'm still excited to see uh, what they have in store (laughs) here. I I will say... um... I like How to Train Your Dragon. For some reason, I'm, I'm not in love with that movie. I like it. Like I liked it when I watched it, but what? I, it seemed like it was. It, it seemed like I had a whole lot of hype going into it. And I watched. It's like, all right, that was good. I didn't watch it when it came out in theaters, though. I just watched it like solo. You're gonna need to love it. I'm sorry. We're not gonna be able. We're not <laughs> gonna be able to move to. on. I wanted so to. You, I was all. I was. <laughs> what do you mean you wanted to? I, I don't know how else to describe that. I wanted to, like, I went into that movie, I was like, yeah, alright, let's do this. How to Train Your Dragon. This, this looks like so much fun. Everyone keeps saying how good it is. And I saw it. I was like, alright, that's, that was good. It did, it did some stuff in there. That was cool animation. I saw it on 3D, whatever. But no, I mean, yeah, I like this trailer. I like it, it, it brings me back to this world and it, it, it looks very impressive. And, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this second movie. I'm curious what, what more could happen. If there's more dragons around the world or something, we gotta, Louder, that would just be like racist if they had like no I guess it wouldn't be racist I, I don't know They're, how that would be racist at all no, no, it was, it was like, I was like oh that'd be funny if they had like a Chinese dragon with like a Chinese accent but I was like would that be that, racist that, that's, more, be, that's, just, that's just you being racist <laughs> that's, that's Pacific Rim <laughs> <laughs> those guys carrying their basketball <laughs> those guys 
those yeah those guys hmm. chim Chim. Uh, <laughs> they're all named Chim. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Uh, the, the Return of Toothless. Uh, that opens June 20th, 2014. Is that really the uh, the sub tagline? There's, no, there's no sub tagline. Oh, The Return of Toothless. I was like, where did he go? I don't even think it said a title in that trailer. I think it just kind of ends. No, it just, like, it just goes just, like, oh. just like, you get it. Yeah, it just Lion King to you. Well, what? <laughs> Lion King just just plasters the entire title on the screen. Like, every ten minutes of that movie. Have you ever watched the Lion King release? It it does it every ten minutes. It just says, Lion King. That's how it ends. That's how it bookends scenes. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta do the Kermit voice to sing that song. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I I close the show. That's how it's It's a bridge too far. (laughs) Alright. I think we've, we've we've done our trailer talk. It's time to get to our main film review for Kick-Ass 2. My daddy made me promise I'd never stop defending this city. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. We gotta make this right. The anticipation's killing me. What's the burning? There's no room for punks and suits. Ah! Just real heroes. Who can really kick ass? We're the good guys. We're the dead guys. Franz, Vita. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, there's a dog on your back. <laughs> All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Kick-Ass 2. The, uh, the original Kick-Ass was a scrappy little superhero movie funded independently. It found its way to a big release thanks to Lionsgate picking it up and, dist- and getting the distribution rights. It didn't do amazing business, but the whole video sales, I guess, were enough for Universal to pick up the rights to the sequel, and here we are. Kick-Ass 2 picks up a short amount of time after the first Kick-Ass, where everyone's aged a little bit. Uh, Hit-Girl is in forced retirement, but Kick-Ass wants to keep fighting, so he gets training from Hit-Girl. Joins up with a super squad led by Jim Carrey's Colonel Stars and Stripes, and things get dire once the Red Mist, now known as the super, the first supervillain known as the Mother, watches his assault on all things associated with Kick-Ass. Laramie Legal, did this super sequel uh, make you think Kick-Ass 2 kicked ass or feel like a kick in the ass? Ooh, very well done. Went for it. I would say uh, I'm a Kick-Ass 1 apologist, first off. I enjoyed Kick-Ass 1 quite a bit because I thought it had a very brave ending. I'll give Kick-Ass 2 credit as well for making a lot of choices that I don't think formulaic movies are making these days where main characters can die, bad things can happen. And if you see the whole thing as like a dark comedy and then sort of uh I mean, I think they're going for a metaphor for today's youth a little bit and like the conflict culture and the superhero culture. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed it. I'd give it like a B or so. I also think I'm totally in the tank for Chloe Moretz at this point. Like whatever she, whatever she wants to do, I'm just going to enjoy. I really like her, her little scrappy persona. Um, it was weirdly a movie that was probably hurt by not having Nick Cage. And I know like he couldn't be back. I get that because of the narrative arc, but he did help the first one a little bit in terms of the craziness factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Jim Carrey really brought much this time around in, in terms of that, that, uh, vibe. But yeah, I liked it. I liked the movie. I thought, and maybe it's because I've been exposed to so many superhero movies lately that are kind of, uh, inconsequentialist. What am I trying to say there? What's the word I'm looking for? Inconsequential or underwhelming. There you go. 
There's a, there's a word in there somewhere. Inconsequential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, and this one did feel like it was based in a little bit more reality, even though clearly it's a hyper reality. So, yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. Abe? Uh, I thought it was, uh, I, I'm not a, on a, as much on it as Lermy. I thought it was, um, kind of all over the place at times, but I, I think that that's kind of how the source material worked out too. Um, I thought that it could have just been Kick-Ass 2, the Hit Girl movie, and I would have been really on board with that because I found her, her story arc in this one to be really, uh, compelling, um, especially considering that, you know, she's dealt with a lot of loss and she's also, you know, trying to move on, but at the same time, trying to stay with like her old self and she's also got this uh weird thing at school with all these mean girls which is a reference of mine and um i i, I don't know I, it just didn't really seem like a quote-unquote kick-ass movie because um yeah he's just trying to get his uh, uh fight back on and he just apparently has all these terrible loose nerve endings but on the whole it's kind of a, a it's bloodier i think and it's a little bit more brutal than the first, even though the first really showed you that, yeah, being a, a superhero regular person is not a great thing because you will get caught by some really demented people and your face will get smashed in. But are you a fan of the first movie? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I saw, I saw, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on DVD when it came out. Uh, realistically, I saw it on Redbox, and I was like, ah, I guess I'll none just of this. What I asked. <laughs> yes, but uh, I, I am a fan of it. Yeah, I, I am a fan of the first one actually. Um, but for this one, it was just. Kind of all over the place, and I think that uh, it kind of hurts that Kickass doesn't really, I guess, like his screen time just doesn't really amount to as much as Kick or Hit Girls, and so um, I don't know. I didn't really feel like his narrative was going that strong, so I'm let kind me, of mixed on it. Let me agree with you on one point: the Hit, the Hit Girl stuff is infinitely better than the Kickass stuff, which is weird for a movie called Kickass. Like, I don't even know that Kickass should have been in the movie, but anyway, other than that, True. sorry. I'll, yeah, I'll, add a, I'll add a couple things here. One thing, I do like that I try to avoid what you guys think of these movies until we do the podcast. I didn't know what Laramie thought. I didn't, I never know what Abe <laughs> thinks until we do it. And, uh, so I, I'm very surprised by Laramie in particular. I thought he could have hated this movie, but he did. He liked it. Um, I will, I will say that I, I liked it too. I'll get to that in a minute, but I want to add, um, Kick-Ass 2 is based off Mark Millar's and John Romita Jr.'s graphic novels, Kick-Ass 2 and Hit-Girl. Um, he combined both the, there's kind oh, of a, okay. Yeah, first they had, they had Kick-Ass for Kick-Ass, obviously, and then they made, he wrote Kick-Ass, he wrote and drew Kick-Ass 2, and then he wrote a interstitial one between Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2 that was called Hit-Girl. This combines the elements of both of those novels, so that's why there's a lot of Hit-Girl stuff in there, because Hit-Girl's obviously kind of the, the lightning in a bottle that makes the, the first film really click together a lot better in this movie, and this movie obviously it has highlights all involving Hit-Girl, and I, Basically agree. I, um, I had, or with Laramie anyway, I, I had fun with this movie. I had more fun than I was expecting to. Um, trying to, I'm gonna try to keep my opinions from the source material kind of separate, but knowing that book, I know it's just crazy graphic and very dark in kind of the way where it just kind of ups the ante on everything. There's a lot more, there's some rape and there's some animal violence and this movie. Oh, really? Yes. And this wow. movie, I did not realize. Which the movie very much points out kind of by, going reverse on both of those where you get a scene where it's like, should I kill the dog? I'm like, no, we're not that evil. And um, a rape that doesn't occur and is played for get, like the, the bad, the, the, it's played, the scene is played for laughs instead of what could have happened. And so like, Hit Girl gets raped? No. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Boy, Jesus. Spoilers. But that'd be, that'd, wow. be, that'd be crazy because she's even younger in those books. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it, it kind of wisely avoids being 
darker, and I don't, and which I kind of, I kind of enjoy. But my, I guess, what I liked about the movie is that it's fun. I had a lot of fun watching it, and it works for me as kind of an action comedy. Um, and as far as having kind of a, kind of a satirical edge to it, like the first one does, I just, I didn't see any of that at all. Like, I've, it, the only things it does do is it felt like it kind of re, did kind of a retread of what the first one was trying to do, just kind of on a bigger, a larger scale, given you know giant super squads this time around and a like. A cadre of villains this time, so it's it, it's you know it's just trying to it's going the sequel route of being bigger and like badder, but not quite not quite necessarily smarter. That that's kind of where my where my thought rested. Why it didn't live up to what the because I, I, I like the first one quite a bit. I, I really enjoyed the first one, and yeah, I, I agree that like Nick Cage certainly added kind of a a, a bigger sense of insanity to the whole thing because he's he's playing this <laughs> this insane father figure to Hit Girl, who's really kicking ass in his own right. And yeah, and uh, Jim Carrey as the kind of filler replacement, I would say yeah, he doesn't quite bring that same manic energy. But um, I did like Jim Carrey quite a bit just because he he really turns in a supporting role performance. He doesn't try to overshadow anybody. And the only his only big scene is the is like one real scene where he he's involved. He's like head on involved in the violence going on. But other than that, he's just kind of he kind of plays it plays plays it pretty low and. uh you know, I, yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with Abe on Kickass. He, he's not the most, I mean, Aaron Johnson, <laughs> he, he doesn't really have much to, to do that's all that interesting. Like, he's certainly the focus of the movie because it's called Kickass. But yeah, Chloe Moretz as a hit girl is way more interesting in all the things that she's dealing with. I want to team up, like Batman and Robin. Nobody wants to be Robin. What's wrong with Robin? Would you like Big Daddy's Robin? Okay, Robin wishes he was me. What I'm trying to say is we should be partners. You and me like the dynamic duo. I'm in the NFL, Dave. You play peewee. So, train me. I want to walk the walk, and you're the closest thing I know to a real superhero. Aren't you tired of being on your own? Don't you want to know someone's there for you? Someone who's got your back? And you'll do anything, I say. Anything. Hit me. You're a 15-year-old girl. <clears throat> what the hell? Act like a bitch, get slapped like a bitch. Even as she's making like a lot of bug eyes to get through a lot of her scenes involving the mean girls. <laughs> I want to team up, like Batman and Robin. Nobody wants to be Robin. What's wrong with Robin? Would you like Big Daddy's Robin? Okay, Robin wishes he was me. What I'm trying to say is we should be partners. You and me like the dynamic duo. I'm in the NFL, Dave. You play peewee. So, train me. I want to walk the walk, and you're the closest thing I know to a real superhero. Aren't you tired of being on your own? Don't you want to know someone's there for you? Someone who's got your back? And you'll do anything, I say. Anything. Hit me. You're a 15-year-old girl. <clears throat> what the hell? Act like a bitch, get slapped like a bitch. Every time, have, you noticed, have you noticed that every time? Like, I didn't, I didn't uh, notice that. See, every time she sees something crazy, she's like, whoa, bug eyes. Like, that's, that's like her reaction. <laughs> Are we allowed to spoil the first one or no? Yeah, we can spoil the first one. So the first one ending with the death of one of the protagonists is something that almost never happens in modern cinema. 
And so, and the way it happened was like, I didn't see coming at all and I didn't know the source material. So I thought that was just a really brave choice. Now two mimics parts of that choice, but obviously not as emotionally, you know, jarring. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but I mean, but yeah, Hit Girl was way, way more fun. I, the, is in the comic, is it the same way? Like, is she the most interesting part? I would say so. I think that's why you have a whole book devoted to just her at that point. Cause it's like, yeah, we need to, let's just deliver more on this character. But I, yeah, I would okay. agree. I would agree that she's like, you watch, you watch Hit Girl and you're like, yeah, I want to see where this is going. Cause this is just crazy with this little girl yeah. doing stuff. Well, because Hit Girl's kind of like a nature versus nurture argument. Like she's brought up to be a crazy person and is, whereas, um, Kickass just seems like a teenage chode. Like I don't know what. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, just... it's, it's like I go back to X Men for this. I don't want to follow Cyclops. Yeah. I want to follow. Well, I don't really want to follow Wolverine, but you follow Wolverine because he's the more like, hey, he's an animal. It's more like, interesting. Yeah, yeah. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have more, so much uh, angst from Funky Jensen, like always leaving him. Yeah, you want the more uh, not stable product, I guess. You gotta want it. Or um, instable, depending on where you're from. <laughs> But I do agree with you guys on, on Jim Carrey. Um, actually, I guess I agree more with Aaron. I, I thought that Jim Carrey, what, he had a pretty good screen presence and he wasn't doing his normal Jim Carrey stuff, like a lot of like facial expressions or what have you. It's kind of like quote, quote unquote low key. Um, it's just kind of bummer that he doesn't have as much, uh, as much time on the screen, I guess. I was surprised, um, like, cause it, trying not to reference the source material, but like he's yeah. not, it's the same kind of amount that he's in in the actual comic, but it, it just oh, is kind he? Of, okay. yeah, it's not like it's not shortened. It's just yeah, there's not a whole lot for him to like, even though it's you know and Jim Carrey, but it's not really well, like yeah, it's not I a whole lot for him to be like you know uh, like crazy like oh yeah, I'll be like your third partner kind of thing. But I kind of uh, I guess I, I didn't see his uh, his uh, results coming up and um, was kind of shocked by how little he had to do in the movie because. He's really there just for like the con- uh, the meeting of the the superheroes and then just you know it's like, one it's like three one main giant scenes. Thing. There's yeah. like three main scenes that he's featured in. And that's kind of it. But, yeah. uh, I will say, um, in terms of kind of like the direction, um, I mean, that, last time we had Matthew Vaughn who added a, I I liked his he he was he really wanted, he was really on board with that last film. He was it was very him and, and yeah. uh, Jane Goldman screenwriter like they all. I know, like, they, they collaborated with Mark Millar while he was writing the first Kick-Ass, so, like, that was a very collaborative process in making that first movie. This one, written, directed by, um, Jeff Wadlow, who, uh, of, uh, what, Never Back Down fame, um... <laughs> Are you serious? He, yeah, uh, he, uh, starring Cam Gigande. Uh, yes! <laughs> that's a fun name to say. Um, he, he adapted the material straight up from the source, and he certainly has, the, he certainly, like, has the passion for Kick-Ass, I imagine, but it... I think it comes down to like it being this being like a universal movie versus the other one being kind of an independent film. This one has kind of that gloss to it, and it kind of loses some of the. It's certainly an R-rated film, and it just it it keeps like a reference intact, but it just doesn't have kind of the edge involved. Like it doesn't seem like it. It it's not necessarily kid friendly, but it kind of feels like a a, a somewhat tamer version of the first movie in terms of its. Kind of yeah, its content. I think that Lermio was kind of driving at that too, and I, I, I can't really, I can't really pinpoint it in terms of how to accurately say it and how to accurately scope it, but it certainly doesn't feel the same way just because, I don't know, uh, I think that the, well, take a step back in terms of comic book tone, um, the first one kind of felt more comic booky to me, this one kind of just feels like, uh, that's that's what I'm looking for. I should have said this in the main part. It's just it kind of felt like something I could have watched on Funny or Die as like a series, um, to some degree. Uh, but 
Yeah, go ahead. I bet it's Night Bitch that goes, yeah, now I'm putting it together. There you go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sad. If they would have done that, I'd have been mad. And if they would have killed the dog, I'd have been really mad. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad I, I didn't that. make either of those choices. <laughs> See, if that yeah, happened, it, I definitely would have thought you hated this movie. <laughs> I, I guess it seems more comic booky this time around because the first time the training element was going on, and you kind of had that dichotomy of, like, why is he training this little girl to be a killer? And she loves it, but at the same time, it's like, it's like war-torn Somalia a little bit, you know, it feels like strange, like, this kid's never had agency, but she knows all this, these, these weird talents. Whereas in this one, it's like, here's a bunch of bad guys, here's a bunch of good guys, now they're gonna fight. So that's why it feels more, I think, you know, less impactful. I liked it, but less emotional this time around, I yeah, think. That's true, yeah, and I certainly love the, uh, you know, the whole entire, uh, hit girl rescue scene, which you can check out on YouTube. That's a, uh, that's an amazing piece of, uh, uh, cinematography there. I just really like the way that they used, uh, I forget the, the piece of the music that they used, the but. The first film? Yeah, it's, uh, something in. It's from Sunshine, I, I believe. Yeah, it's also used in Sunshine, but I was like, wow, this is a really effective uh, use of music. And then they decided to use, like, some, uh, epileptic sequences. And have the strobe light and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was really cool. But in this one, I think that he tried, because it's a different director, I think that he kind of maybe tried to do something cool at the end, too, with the uh, Hit Girl and Mother Russia, but just didn't come off as uh, as awesome, I suppose. I would say a lot of the action in this movie, and there is a lot more action in this movie. I mean, the first, well, I think about the first one, it's, it gets by without having too much action in it, because it just has a, has a strong wit to it the whole time. Oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's Adagio. Okay. Yeah. Adagio uh, over strings? Yeah. The same thing right. for Platoon, right? Yeah, that's the big yeah, Platoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the action in this movie. That's what I was going to say. I, I think it, for, for, I mean, given that I, you know, we see a number of action movies every year and all, it's a, they all have that kind of shaky cam up close tightness that only works very rarely. I think this movie does a good job of kind of when you have like these giant big scale fight scenes and like, you know, the Jim Carrey's star and stripes like gumming in and beating up like just this room full of people like it it looks good i was i was impressed with the action in this movie i wouldn't say i was impressed as something like kick-ass which really had to kind of think on his feet of how to accomplish various scenes based on its limited budget but this movie i think it did a good job of of uh kind of giving us some some fun fight scenes between well i think that that fight scene the one that you're referencing i think that was better shot than the other ones because the other ones sometimes i couldn't really tell what's going on even like when he was a pimp i was like i can't really see what's going on and See, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was put put together pretty well. I was I, I was impressed there, by then, these you things. Know, she does like these close combat things with her nunchucks. And some of the nunchuck stuff you could see because they they zoom out a little bit, but some of it's like pretty up close and tight, and everyone's wearing dark colors, and you just see like uh, I didn't think know. it was that up close and tight though. I thought it was shot from a reasonable distance. Like that's why I like the end fight so much between everybody. Like I was happy that I was seeing all these different things come together in a neat way. Like Donald Faison's character. Donald Faison, <laughs> he's having Doctor Turk. <laughs> I like Xavier in this movie. He was ha- he was having fun here. Him and like Clark Duke, they're hanging out and like having fun. <laughs> but he has like his bat thing that like has kind of a there's there's little there's like little very very many tiny arcs in this movie for some of these characters that I thought played well based on how how the kind of the action was put together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the ending fight sequence I thought was kind of weird because nobody really has powers per se, and then you have these people. Yeah, so they're just, just, they're just beating up each other. Yeah, exactly. It becomes like a news channel fight in Anchorman. <laughs> uh, yeah, on the whole, you know, again, I it's not like I didn't like it, but I didn't think some of the comedy worked either. I think that you liked some of the comededy, Aaron. I, I thought that some of it was kind of a, some of it was a little bit weird, just in terms of timing. But I guess that's what they were going for. Um, especially I like I could do without the like, you know, 
killing all these cops, and they just keep cutting back to this dude going like, 50,000? She's totally worth it! And I was like, what? It's like, I guess it's funny, but at the same time, like, I don't know why they keep doing it, because... And then they're playing, like, they're playing the Tetris theme song by, by, uh, the whatever punk band, and it was like, this is... The techno-Russian remix. Yeah, and I was like, this is interesting, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she had, she had abs of steel. That's something that, that, you know, she'd probably go up against Ivan Drago and, and maybe, maybe lose. I don't know. I'm I'm now realizing the only reason I like this is Chloe Moretz, <laughs> which which I like her as much as I'm allowed to like her. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's I don't know not, what the it's I don't know what the right. boundaries are, but yeah. No, no, you you like her like she's your daughter. It's why it's why we're it's why we're not talking about Aaron Johnson just because he's I mean he doesn't even seem well. You gotta say Aaron movie. Taylor Johnson. I can't. Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson. He doesn't even like he's supposed to be. What's weird is because this movie. Only, like it's only supposed to have taken place like what like a year later year maybe later. at most you kick like hit, hit girls now like she's 16 instead of 11 <laughs> like and kick ass kick ass he seems he's trying to play dweeby but he seems very clearly like he's like I, I like him as a as, as a dweeb high schooler he's like cuz I've you've seen him in like other roles like Anna Karenina and also uh what's the one with the Candace Sa- be All, Oliver Stone's Savages right yeah and it's just like you know you see him here and he's he, I, I don't know if he's playing his voice up a little bit more, just to be a little bit more uh, high pitched. But I, I kind of, I, I bought him as like a, as a, you know, a dorky teenager. He's like, hey guys. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, I will say, I will say, I like Blake Lozano in this movie. I like Blake Lozano oh, yeah. and yeah. like, Mince Plus in this movie. I like their kind of relationship. And I was, I, really I, I he, he was, he was like Jim Carrey. He was playing it very low key. Exactly. Like, and just having, he was playing like the straight man. Yeah, and he was having fun, kind of pointing out the, the very. Um, <laughs> the racist names that 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 the that the four, Chris that, uh, blessed. that Chris kept making on the on his various villain clans. It was it was fun watching those guys together. I forgot about Leguizamo, but yeah, I did want to bring him up because again, you know, he, he doesn't have much to do, but when he's on the screen, I actually I, I miss John Leguizamo. I like Leguizamo. I said, I, why is he not in more? Yeah, I said, I, actually, I brought this up last week on Twitter after I saw it. I was like, why? Why, if we cast John Leguizamo instead of um, Matt Damon in Elysium, that could solve a lot of problems in that movie right there by not having the white guy save everybody in L.A. Like, yeah, Leguizamo, I, I, <laughs> like I think the Spanish might have been better. He could, he could, he could make a, it. Seems, it seems so odd. White people be saving people though. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That should be the tagline. That's Women the- can't direct, and only Whitey can save you. <laughs> the Hollywood story. Yeah. This is Laramie's Def Jam session that he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> I hate studios so much. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, I think I, I mean, didn't have to go back to Elysium too much, but I think Lego Zombo would have been like a solid lead for that movie. Like, if you, he'd been really good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to to to, to, to kick ass. I mean, yeah, it um. Overall, I had fun with it. I had more fun than I thought I would. I like like that. It's kind of a this big colorful superhero movie that also happens to be R rated. Uh, Chloe Moretz and her bug eyes did it for me. She she works. <laughs> I'm curious to see if we we get more Hit Girl in the future because that seems yeah, to be here. That would be cool. Laramie would love it. <laughs> I would greatly enjoy that. A plus <laughs> plus. And uh, I did I did like seeing the uh, the spirit of Nick Cage in the background as we keep seeing his picture. And that was like, nice, actually. The, the goofiest pose possible with him. <laughs> <laughs> with the hot chocolate and marshmallows. But uh, yeah, all right. I think we've. Unless there's anything else to point. I uh, one thing I didn't like the scatological stuff going on in Kick Ass. I could I could do without all the six stick action. 
The scandalogical? Scatological humor. Oh. Yeah, I definitely turned away during that. That was no good. It's like, yeah, you got back at those girls, but at what the cost? Okay. I thought it was funny. <laughs> That's the humor you were okay with? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't like how, you know, they had, like, stupid little one-liners, but I loved how the mean girls got, you know, Got poop and... coming out of them. Yes. <laughs> and Abe loves that poop humor. That's chocolate it. pudding. <laughs> Alright, let's get to, let's get to our rating. You can go down out there today, we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or forget about it, Kick-Ass 2, and wonderful non-2, and non-3D, I like that. Yes, here, here. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah. Yeah, bright and colorful. We're now giving credit for not doing stupid things at this point. <laughs> but, uh, on that scale, Laramie, when would you go and see this movie? I mean, I would see it in theaters, yeah, I don't see any... Any problem with that? If I know you guys didn't ask, but I would say Kick-Ass. You, you should see that in theaters. And with Kick-Ass 2, I think that you should see that uh, Netflix it. Right. Oh, wow. Harsh. <laughs> and I'll, I'll give it a strong dollar theater. I, I, I like this movie a lot more We're than all that. over the place. I, I like this movie a lot. Because I, I really wasn't looking forward to it that much. Just kind of like, all right, the, 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 whatever. We'll see. Right. But uh, I was surprised how much I was enjoying it just as a... Kind of an action action movie. Is, mm. is that what it But, uh, yeah, all right. Let's do a little uh, movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. So we talk about a couple movies we had a thought of while watching Kick-Ass 2 or after the fact. And, uh, Abe, any uh, callbacks? Yeah, uh, certainly Mean Girls, as well as Carrie. <laughs> because it's kind of, uh, I guess, is it I, ironic or is it just... I mean, it's fitting. Like, there's a scene in yeah, there. It's like, that's, yeah, that's Carrie. Well, no, I mean, it's just that, you know, she's going to be playing Carrie in, later this year. But even, um, I could even connect it. In... That, that's how she becomes so crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then Mystery Men, but not... Yeah, huge amounts of Mystery Men, I thought. I, I have Mystery Men in mind, yeah. Yeah, so... Laramie? Any, uh... Definitely Forrest Gump. No, wrong movie, sorry. <laughs> um... I was like, really? How? Oh, he's joking. <laughs> Mystery Men was the one I, I thought of a bunch, but there's also a little Battle Royale in there, as there was with the first one. Um, probably not Hunger Games, but yeah, Battle Royale. Yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, um, Mister Mystery Men came to mind, and I just I just watched Mystery Men recently. Actually, I like the movie quite a bit. I think it's it's fun. Um, ahead of its time, I'd say too when it came out, but uh, that's a different story. Uh, Wanted came to mind. Uh, Super came to mind with uh, Rain Wilson and uh, Ellen Page. Maybe uh, Cable Guy, little Cable Guy in cable there. Cable Guy in there, yeah. Oh, see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hobo with a Shotgun came to mind. Hobo with a Shotgun, interesting. Super is a good pull. That, that's actually a pretty violent movie. It is, but they're kind of because both that and Hobo, for that matter, they're like these 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 colorful movies that deal with like vigilanteism, but they're also right. like insanely violent and depicted in a real way where it's like it hurts when you get hit with something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it kind of yeah, that's that's kind of where it's coming from on that one. But uh, yeah, all right, let's do a little uh, let's pay some bills, Abe. Uh, get some plugs in there. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com. So shout out now podcast. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you listeners about now there today, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have a book this week. Very fitting because we're talking about Kick-Ass 2 and The Butler. We have Superman versus the Ku Klux Klan. The true Ooh. story, this true story of how the iconic superhero battled the men of hate. This is a, yeah. This is a, that is very fitting. 
I saw a drunk history on this that was amazing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I searched superhero and found this. And like this is perfect for this week's podcast episode. If this is back when, it, let me know how it is. This is when su- back when superheroes had some sort of public consciousness, as opposed to like just rolling in money. Like that's the only goal. <laughs> rolling in money. That's the only goal anymore, people. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a story by Rick Bowers, and you can download that or any of the many choices you can find on Audible. To, and get a free copy of it at audibletrial.com slash podcast. Um, you can go there, you can sign up, download a free audiobook, get rid of your subscription, and still keep the book. I mean, you, you, <laughs> Abe. That's ah. like legally cheating the system. There you go. <laughs> yes. Instead all. of torrenting <laughs> a book, you could just download it and then cancel your account. And, and then unsubscribe out. from the emails. <laughs> and, and, and help out our show. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> all of that. All that happened. Let's do a little out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Tons of feedback this week, Aaron. I know. Which I should, which I should probably have up right now. That would really Oh, oh yeah. I was like, what? what? What's the delay here? <laughs> Let me do some of that. <laughs> Let me pull that up. Uh, but we had we had some really great feedback this week. We asked like four questions, got like fifty thousand responses. Yeah, and each week, you know, we put it up on the the old Facebook page, Facebook.com. So that's now out the podcast, and uh, and we uh, let, let our listeners answer these, uh, provide some answers for our questions. So uh, that's yeah. It. So we first asked, uh, what are some favorite movies with shocking lead slash side character deaths early on? Mike Jones wrote Feast, and he said, not often talked about, but a favorite of mine or of his, I should say. Joe wrote Samuel Jackson in Deep Blue Sea, which is very sad because he gives this giant speech, this invigorating speech about how they're not going <laughs> to die, and it's like the worst timing. <laughs> but, uh, Gary writes, uh, Guy Pierce in Hurt Locker? He, I, I said it like that because he wrote a question. He wrote a question mark, but yeah, that's a perfect answer for that That's question. a good answer, yeah. And for people who haven't seen Hurt Locker, or I guess saw Memento, and they were like, is that Guy Pierce? Where's he been? It's like, he was in Hurt Locker for two minutes. And, and also the Count of Monte Cristo. And the time machine. That's yeah. right. That was like during his uh, awesome Guy Pierce phase. And what whatever that one about uh, the the bootlegging one. Um, it doesn't give you much to go off of. Oh, but it happened. Uh, the one with on. the Beef. No. Wait for it, Lawless. There we go. Oh, oh Lawless. Uh, yeah. That was that. Okay, that was recent. Yeah. He was pro- good at that. But, but the proposition, on the other hand, that's just a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. No one saw that either. That was good. From the director of Lawless. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Crushed it. <laughs> Circled. Cloud Atlas, that one. Yep. Gary writes, or no, I'm sorry, Tyler writes, Watchmen, Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, just to name a few. And I guess that he's talking about multiple characters, which you can, uh, I'm sure that you know what he's referencing. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Jonathan writes, Executive Decision? Which is the right answer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Aaron decided right back, you could just name a movie. <laughs> I wrote that earlier because of Alan's oh. question. Oh, okay. Um, Scott writes, it's about uh, halfway through, but Randy's death in Scream 2 and the heartbreaking moment where Sydney and, and Dewey discuss who to, or who gets to call Randy's mother afterward. It's just one of those uh, reasons why Scream 2 is one of the best pure slasher films ever made. And kudos to Craven and company for not, uh, or I guess for not kowtowing. Kowtowing? Uh, Kowtown. To the fan outrage and unkilling him in Scream 3. Such outrage is uh, in short supply these days. Yes, that means uh, you, makers of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
where we just bring back people from the dead, because why not? Yeah, right. I know, Agent Coulson, I'm, you're awesome, but that is kind of weird. <laughs> Margie writes, Scream. Uh, Jason Ritter writes, uh, Agent Coulson in The Avengers. How fitting. Aiden. <laughs> and Alan writes, it's kind of hard to say without spoiling, right? And so Aaron writes, you could just name a movie. Uh, Callum writes, Tyler, Watchmen is a good choice. Uh, and Mark Hoban just wrote, I mean, Psycho kind of is, or, I mean, Psycho kind of pioneered this idea, so that's my choice. Yeah, Psycho, the other. Psycho, an executive decision. Obviously the right answer to that question. <laughs> There's only one right answer, and that's Grizzly Man. Yeah. Oh. Spoilers. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, favorite badass teenage female character, which just seems like its own show right there. Uh, badass teenage female character. Uh, let's, we have a lot of these. Hold on. Uh, Brandon has Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Robert has, Robert has a lot. Uh, Little Women never really leaves your mind, does it? Um, <laughs> he also, <laughs> he has Juno from Juno, the female Robin in The Dark Knight Returns, the original Rogue and Kitty Pride, and Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Uh, all of those. Um, let's see. Shit. Saoirse Ronan from Atonement! <laughs> We'll get to Saoirse Ronan in a second there. Hold on. Uh, Shannon has Joe March. <laughs> uh, Callum has thought, would, thought someone would have said Hit Girl and Natalie Portman from The Professional. That's a good choice right there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Brandon has, let's see, Alice Johnson from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5. Uh, <laughs> no one from Sucker Punch. No one from, no one from Sucker Punch. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, Corey has Newt from Aliens. Uh, right. Pretty badass for staying so alive so long by yourself. Um, let's see. Izzy has Hannah from Hannah. Seriously, Ronan. And um, let's see. Yeah, Hepburn is Joe again. And then um, <laughs> Scott put Michael Sarah in Juno, which he would be a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we have a favorite hero turned villain. And um, uh, Walter White. That's from Matt. Uh, but villain is way too strong a word, but his favorite hero turned into even better hero. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Jason has Darth Vader. Mike Jones has Vader. Brian has Caesar, which I'm curious if he means like Caesar from Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I'm curious if he's really a villain at the end of that, or if he just has Caesar in like the Roman, in Roman history. <laughs> like, that like guy gets Julius, off pretty soon. Julius I don't know Caesar. if he's talking about, yeah, I don't know, Julius. I don't know if he's talking about Julius. I mean, he dissolved the Senate. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's not cool. I'm not sure if he's... Yeah, yeah. Unless, you, unless you forgot Little and he's talking they, about... They, fr- they frown upon that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uncool, Caesar. Uncool. uncool. <laughs> Where's Augustus? Let's get him in here. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Gerard has Magneto, and Jason has Sinestro slash Loki. So there you go. What about the Sounds of the Lambs? Uh, Lecter? Was he, I guess was he ever I a hero? He's villain turn hero, maybe. I mean, he's certainly the main character, protagonist. I don't know. Good old Lecter. Always. Lee Daniels, the butler. Lee! The butler starts as a hero, turns to a villain, I think. It's crazy. Throughout the running course of the movie. All right. And then we asked, uh, you've taken, you've taken up a role as vigilante. What is your non-lethal weapon of choice? Anthony writes shovel, or do you have that, or or do you already have that guy? <laughs> Mike Jones writes bags of produce, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Marks writes Rebecca Black's Friday on Loop. Oh, you said non-lethal. Uh, 
<laughs> Callum writes, Already. my rugged good looks and witty charm. Oh, what a what a guy. Just just a little chin bump there. <laughs> Ryan writes, checkbook, uh, which I guess it didn't really work out in, you know, Bruce Wayne's parents' uh, area. but It, it did kind of work out for, for Bruce Wayne. For Bruce later, yeah. I'm glad his parents didn't give him a blank check and be like, here, here's a billion dollars. <laughs> Gerard writes, uh, frozen food products. That's a hot buzz. <laughs> he has hashtag cool off. Hashtag cool off, right. Jason writes, boxing gloves. And Philip writes, beanbag shotgun. And then lastly, we have a favorite non-DC or Marvel superhero. And um, so Matthew has Turbo Man. <laughs> My inexplicably Austrian dad once went through hell getting me a Turbo Man action figure. Which I thought was very funny. Yeah. Uh, Scott has Meteor Man, making it the first reference to Meteor Man in 10 years. Uh, Robert Townsend's Meteor Man. Um Save that one for last. Uh, Jose has Tick, the Tick, Smoot, filling our requirement to have the Tick mentioned every so often on this podcast. Uh, Brian, Brian has Jack Bauer. Adam Brooke has um, Hands Down the Rocketeer. Mike Jones has Jake and Finn, which makes sense because he is an adventure type um, right. profile figure. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, uh, Philip has Gandalf the White. Jason has uh, Frozone from The Incredibles. Callum has Rip Grimes, and also the Lock Children from Lock and Key. Um, Jason has from uh, Jewels from Pulp Fiction and Hellboy. Scott has V. Scott Mendelson Ooh, has no. Dave. Yeah, V from Vendetta. Uh, Scott Mendelson yeah, has Dave, David Dunn from Unbreakable. And uh, let's see. Adam Gentry, friend of the show, has this – this doesn't technically count since it was published by DC, but I'm going to go with Alan Moore's Rorschach from Watchmen. Uh, doesn't really count that as a true part of the DC universe for him. And let's see. Well, lastly, let's we – I'm gonna say flipper. Flipper, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> is that with Paul Hogan? <laughs> the, the movie is, but I mean, flipper oh. was around way before Paul Hogan. The original TV show flipper for me. Yeah. I'm kind of an originalist, traditionalist kind of guy. And they call it flipper, flipper under the ocean, you know. Exactly. Always <laughs> for me. Lastly, Patrick has super sloth. From the Goonies. That's, uh. <laughs> he's a picture of sloth ripping open his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> revealing the Superman logo. Hilarious. Uh, I'll, put that, I'll put that in the show notes because that just made me laugh quite a bit. Absolutely. All right, so that's our that's our now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. You can always enter your own feedback at our on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, and you know feel free to participate in answering some of the questions that we lay out every week. Let's do a little, a little bit of box office talk, Abe. Oh man, I wasn't here last week, so I'm I'm gonna say I won. <laughs> Declare victory, move on. Woo! Caesar! The, uh, last week you did try to predict what we thought was going to happen for Kick Ass 2, and for some reason I don't have those numbers in front of me, which is really annoying. Uh, I know. I know. I, I'm upset by this. I, I... What? We just go by muscle memory. Just... So, uh. That's why I write them down, Abe, so I don't have to. Write. Mark Johnson said first place with, uh, $10 million. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. I'm uh, pretty sure, actually, though. No, I know, um, I know Maxwell, he says second place. He thought the Butler was going to win out the weekend. I said second place as well. And, um, I think Alex, uh, I think Alex Villate went first place with it. But, uh, the actual results we have, Elite Daniels Butler was first place this weekend on 25, 25 million. Wow. Um, Kick Ass 2 actually came in, as of now, with estimates, it's been fourth place with 13.5. 
Somehow wow, we're, wow. we're the Millers is in second place. That's surprising to me. Uh, second place, another 17, 17 million. Elysium in third place. Actually, that is really surprising. So Elysium went down and We Are the Millers came up one over. Huh. Everyone wants to see Jan- Jennifer Aniston dancing, I guess. I guess so. And then, yeah, Kick-Ass in fourth place. And then Jabs came in seventh place. Jabs. 6.7. <laughs> and then the uh, the Harrison Ford Gary Oldman thriller that you had to see Paranoia, thirteenth place, three point five million. So thirteenth. <laughs> uh, we we went specifically out of the top ten just to bring you that news. And that's yeah, I wanted to highlight that one. Thirteenth place. <laughs> 13th place. <laughs> you knew it was gonna fail when they're using Fisker cars in their in their movie rather than Tesla. But uh, yeah, the Butler that would that uh, the Oprah that Oprah buddy, I'm telling you, came in there. And, uh, yeah, that's box office. What, uh, what time is it now, Abe? Oh, Aaron, I, I have a fun game for you guys. You have a what? I have a fun game <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> Ooh, that was, uh, cacophonous this week. <laughs> the circle of life. <laughs> so this move, or, I'm sorry, this game is called Stepping Up to the Street Ellipse Ooh. Justice. So that's exactly how I wrote it. <laughs> Step, stepping Up to the Street dot dot Ellipse. dot Justice. Justice. Mm. So this is basically about a, a you can you can either name a I guess it depends on the question. It's either a name or a person or a film um, that these guys are evoking kind of some kind of street justice. Mm. All right, so uh, it's only two of you guys and me. I guess I'm the moderator. I might win, but <laughs> here we go. All right, number one. A man goes searching for his half-brother's murderer in this film set in the mean streets of South Central L.A. <sighs> Friday. Ooh, that's oh, close. Half-brother's murderer in the mean streets of South Central LA Friday is kind of close in terms boys, of the Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood is correct. With with Morris, with Morris Chestnut from Kickass Two. Morris, yes, we forgot to mention Morris Chestnut and his mustache. He's back, people. He's back for sure. He he was in the he, call. Hey, now he's in Kickass Two. You, you keep saying he's back, but Morris Chestnut's been like eight more movies this year. Never left. He never left. He never left. He's been all over this all year. Right. It's been the year of Chestnut. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> they call it Motown. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, a tortured soul goes looking for his fiance's killer with the help of these supernatural birds. Oh, that's Dark Man. What? It's not Dark Man. He has birds. Supernatural uh, birds. B i r d s. That's way different. Though. That's the crow. That is the crow. Ah, uh, I, I was stuck on like Guardians of Gahul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a man seeks out his son from a power wielding. Masked man with the help of a great, or I'm sorry, let me reset that. A man seeks out his son from a power tool wielding masked man with the help of a, of a forgetful friend. All of that? Was <laughs> yeah. A man seeks help, or seeks out his son from a power wielding masked, ah, ah. It's funny, Nemo! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Everybody wins! I, re- I can't believe yeah. I wrote that question. <laughs> That would have been very right. hard. <laughs> a woman ordering sushi in Okinawa formally requests the help of a Japanese legend in order to settle old scores. Babel? Kill Bill? Kill Bill is correct. 
Yay! Fire me. All right. And number five. Old people speaking terrible dialogue band together to find the killer of their youngest member, who ironically was on his way out to marry his sweetheart. Red? Red. No, not red. Old. Old people speaking in terrible dialogue band together to find the killer of their youngest member, who ironically was on his way out to marry his sweetheart. It stars someone in the 13th place film this week. I guess it doesn't star. Harrison Ford. 13th place film. That's Paranoia, so Harrison Ford. It's Expendables 2? It's Expendables 2! <laughs> oh, man. He's like, yeah, Liam Hemsworth. He's like, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna take the money and go and uh, settle down. Wow. I even wrote my my girlfriend a note. <laughs> right. And he's immediately killed with an ex. Yes, yeah, he's killed by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Spoilers. JCVD. <laughs> Number six. A heavyweight sets out to prove he's got what it takes, uh, only to get his ass beaten in a street fight by his trainer and mentor, who loved him like a son. Rocky? That is correct. you know which number? Rocky Five. I'm going to give it to Laramie still. Yes, it's Thank you. All right. I would have gotten five eventually. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five? I, I know, I know it's Rocky not six. Drago. I know it's not Mr. T. I know it's Rocky. No, it's not Apollo. For, uh, for added sprinkles on the cake there, do you know what the what the, the boxer's name was? Tommy the... the uh... Tommy Gun? Yes, but there. what's his like cool little stupid moniker in the middle there? Tommy the Gun? <laughs> Tommy the Machine Gun. I watch five Rocky movies, and that's not one of them. <laughs> it's a bad movie. Uh, number five, or I'm sorry, number seven. I can't count anymore. Nope. A traumatized but determined young girl seeks, uh, returns to seek incredibly bloody vengeance on the crime lord who killed her parents while she was hiding under the bed. That's the professional. No, she wait. Wasn't no, she wasn't, but uh, Lucy Liu was in Kill Bill. That is correct. Wow. You, you well, killed Bill me. already. How many Kill Bill answers you got? In hey, there? I, they're, te- they're separate. They're separate. Okay. All right, it's, it's glad that I, I'm glad that I have twelve of these. So. What? God. We're at number eight. All right, a young officer who decides to transfer to the more exciting city of Los Angeles unfortunately does not make it, which causes a small town law enforcement officer to hunt down the men who killed him. Hmm. A young officer who decides to transfer to the more exciting city of Los Angeles. Is this recent? Yes. Unfortunately, does not make it, which causes a small town law enforcement officer to hunt down the men who killed him. Is it The Last Stand? That is The Last Stand. The Arnold with, movie? <laughs> with Jerry. I didn't even see that. Uh, Jerry is uh, Matt Saracen from uh, Friday Night Lights. He's just like, I want to go somewhere more exciting. All we do is like take care of cats here. See, this is this is where I come in and like and like know how to pick your answers because you're picking things off things that you like, like Friday Night Lights characters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine. A super cop teams up with his ragtap group of local law enforcement to destroy a conspiracy ring set on killing all persons who try to disrupt their chances at an annual prestigious award. RoboCop? It's not RoboCop. A super cop teams up with his ragtap group of local law enforcement to destroy a conspiracy ring set on killing all persons who try to disrupt their chances at winning a prestigious annual award. Is, uh, is it like Naked Gun? It's not Naked Gun. What if it was Naked Gun, though? Because that answer would be... Uh, 
uh, we, uh, we, we did mention this film earlier in the podcast. Uh, um, it's Hot Fuzz. Okay. Ah! Uh, curses. <laughs> so Abe gets that. That's, a, that's 15 points, so I, I automatically already win. Alright, number 10 here. One man takes on an entire group of angsty teenagers, or single-handedly, in a rough-and-tumble neighborhood by teaching them a lesson they'll never forget. How to calculate the area under a curve. Stand 27? <laughs> Stand and deliver. Stand and deliver, right? With Mr. Escalante. <laughs> Jaime Escalante. Okay, number 11. After realizing the police are no help in stopping a relentless killer, this woman takes matters into her own hands with the help of a soldier sent to protect a package she unknowingly has The on Terminator. Her. That is correct. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> No, that's Laramie. I was writing Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, right. or, or the brave one. I was looking at the brave one, too. Yeah. That's the one with Jennifer... Uh, with, with Jody, Jody Foster. Foster. Oh, oh. It's awful. It's awful. She, she she had better... She was acting a little bit better in that movie, though. It's true. Least, no no weird, uh, no weird uh, accent there. Sure. All right, here we go here. Last one. His partner murdered days after christening his boat. This action film star sets out to get the drug lord responsible. Mendoza. Oh, that's McBain. Four. <laughs> <laughs> and that one goes to no one because that one's a dead giveaway. But I, what, what? You got. <laughs> but still, let me count the let me count the score here. One, four. Hmm, five. There's no way I won. It's actually really close here. You got like five to five to. Uh, uh, five to, well, yeah, anyway, Aaron, you won. Oh, yeah. He had home field advantage. That yeah, that's fair. true. Two of those questions were kind of give me, so. Okay. Cheater. Funny Nemo one. All right. Anyway, not, that was game. There's not another game, right? <laughs> no, no, there. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, let's do a little out now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on DVD and Blu-ray this coming week. And uh, we got we got a wide spectrum here. First one is Amour. The, uh, everyone's favorite family comedy from last year. Uh, now this is the film that was, that won Best Picture that Abe, Abe wisely bet against in our Oscar pool of what was gonna I win. what I chose. Best, uh, best foreign film. Uh, you, I think you chose. I chose the one with like the, the villain from, from Bond. You chose the Denmark one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, more comes out this week. Uh, also coming out, Epic. The, uh, the, the animated so movie funny. that came out, I thought, like, I, I swear, like, four weeks ago, but it's already coming out on DVD <laughs> Blu-ray. Um, let's see. Scary Movie 5, a movie we all needed. Um, a movie called... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a movie called Killing Season. Have a, has anyone seen Killing Season? No. Which one was that movie? I don't have time to look it up, so I'm not going to. <laughs> no, no, I, I heard something. I can't quite think of it right now. And then uh, Boardwalk Empire season three. Just want to shout out that show because I like that show quite a bit. But, uh, that's coming out. And uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, next week's show, what are we talking about? We're talking about the World's End next week. And uh, Woo! yeah, this is the new film. Which uh, actually, I believe Larry, last time you were on, we were talking about the trailer for the World's End. And uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. So yeah, now we have the actual movie coming out. This new Edgar Wright film. Uh, capping off his, uh, his Cornetto trilogy, his Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, which had uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz in it. And so now we have uh, The World's End. And uh, yeah, so let's uh, do a little, little box office for that one. Mm, is 
anything uh, else coming out with it? Um, yes. Uh, Your Next comes out next week as well via horror movie. Um, and uh, the uh, the Mortal Instruments City of Bones comes out on Wednesday, <laughs> and, uh, but that's in the most theaters as well. It's in three thousand theaters, including IMAX screens. Opposed, wow. opposed to the World's End, which is going to hit on uh, fourteen hundred screens. And uh, mm-hmm. here's a little background here: Edgar Wright's films don't tend to open super high in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> Hot Fuzz opened to five five point eight billion back in '07. Shaun of the Dead opened to three billion back in '04. Scott Pilgr- Scott Pilgrim opened his highest. In ten with ten million back in two thousand ten. What's weird is all these films have like cult followings that have probably increased the popularity of them. So I don't know if it's gonna be like a super bomb or like not bomb in like a bad way, but like super like great. <laughs> it's also in like half the number of screens as the Mortal Instruments, and uh, there's all- and they have been going crazy on like the preview trailers. Like I don't know. So what do we predict, like money in place or something? Yes, that'd be the yeah. idea. I will say, uh, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to say first place here with uh... the... <laughs> 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 I'm going. I'm going big and then going home. <laughs> uh, I'm doing both. Uh, I'm going to say first place with like 21 million. Yes! I'm it's going to be a slow I'm box office next week. Okay, real I'm going to say sixth place with 7.9. I like that. I like the exact week of that one. Seven seven point nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I'll give it a little more. I'll say I'll say a shrug fourth. Shrug fourth. Shrug, a shrug fourth. A strong fourth. Oh, strong. Okay. And um, I'll say a Mark Strong fourth with uh, with. I don't know. Uh, Jesus, that's tough. Seven point nine is pretty good. I know, right? So I gotta like go with like slightly under, or slightly over. So I'll go like eight. One dollar. I'll go eight point. I'll go eight point five. One dollar, Bob. I'll go eight point five. It'll, it'll and the great. actual price of these washer and dryer is two dollars. Woo! They win, Drew. Plinko. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now we've done it. We've got we got that in, and that's uh that's it. That's going to bring us to the end. That's, I mean, I've, I've had fun, but we're at the world's end of the show now. Oh, Can uh, I plug my book? Can I plug my I, new book? I'll, I'll get in there. I'll get in there. Yes. Right Go for it. Why not? Go for it. This is what you don't even know about. 60 Hours Among the Juggalos, Kindle Single. Oh, yeah, The Gathering. Out. I completely wanted to talk about The Gathering. What? <laughs> well, no, no, we don't need to. It's nightmares. But, uh, yeah, I put out a it's about 10,000 words, I think, full of Kindle Single. Take you about an hour to read or whatever. And it's only 99 cents because of that. So it's value. But, uh, yeah, 60 Hours Among the Juggalos. What's that? Macklemore loves that. Oh, it's really? only 99 cents. Exactly. And, I'm, and it's self-published, too. Macklemore loves that as well. So, uh, It's got some pictures in there. If you've already bought it, which some people have, which you weren't told to buy it yet, so I don't know what you're doing. But um, <laughs> it, some of the pictures were, were misaligned in the first couple downloads. So, But it should be good by, like, Monday or Tuesday, I think. I've been just been doing little ads to it as I as I could. You know, fixing the typos and whatnot. But yeah, it's a grabber. It's about 30 pages of me being scared for my life. So, hope oh. you'll enjoy that. It's the scariest environment imaginable, to answer your question, Aaron. It is, the, it is the scariest environment imaginable. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for my Blu-ray reviews. And as well as a special interview I've had with uh, Edgar Wright, uh, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost coming out this week for World's End. You can also find me at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe? 
You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Aaron's PS3. <laughs> uh, Laramie, other, uh, other places you want to plug? Yeah, just Twitter, Laramie, L-A-R-E-M-Y, Laramie.com, same spelling, film critics, a book, 60 Hours Among the Juggalos, that's a book. <laughs> and of course, Brad Laramie on Movies, your second favorite podcast of all your movie news. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. See push, what I did there? I did. The first is slash film, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was gonna be like, yeah, the first is a posthumously recorded uh, movie. I, I'm, I'm Roger with, Ebert. I'm, I'm comfortable with fifth. I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Top ten, baby. Yeah, you can find all the other episodes of that out there on iTunes, also at hhwlod.com. I'm reading the other thing. Uh, hold on, <laughs> the old thing. Yeah, um, and it's Stitcher. We're also on Stitcher. Yeah, check us out at. Uh, outnow.podomatic.com where you can find exclusives such as Outnow Nights, uh, where Mark and Marcus discuss uh, the the way, way back. Uh, check us out also at youtube.com slash outnowpodcast if you want to check out the main reviews of the week, about 20-30 minutes each. And outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us your thoughts on uh, on Kickass 2 or anything else coming out soon. Maybe, maybe the Mortal Instruments, because I know contest. I'm about it. And the contest, of course, as well. Yeah, Favorite ghost story and why contest. Email us. Also in our Be there. Website. <laughs> or B Square. Uh, interact with us on Facebook.com slash Podcast, where we can ask tons of questions. You can ask us questions. We'd love to read your responses out on the air. We created a segment just for you. Same with Twitter. Twitter.com slash underscore podcast. We'd like to get some more followers on there. You can, uh, get follow us and we'll, uh, we'll do what we can on the old Twitter page. And also check out our latest endeavor, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. I don't know how to say a verb with this. You can Tumblr us or, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Check us out. Tumblr. Nice. Tumblr. You can tumble with us. There you go. I'll tumble for you. <laughs> <laughs> Music for this podcast is, of course, provided by Laramie. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do it this week. Thank you, Laramie, for coming on talking to you guys with us. Thank you for the invite, A, and also A. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, when we talk about the world's end, the movie I'm looking quite forward to talking about. Um, that's going to do it. So, so long. And goodbye. Tumble for you.